Welcome to the Cybersecurity and Cloud Podcast, the podcast where we learn from cybersecurity experts how to stay safe, private, and secure on the cloud and in code. CSCP is hosted by Francesco Cipollone, your cybersecurity friend with a passion for all things cyber and sharing stories of other professionals with you. This episode is sponsored by AppSec Phoenix, the next generation application security platform, enabling organizations to run application security programs in a smart way. Visit www.appsecphoenix.com to learn more. Hello, 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 and welcome back. This is the second of a series of four episodes purely focused on application security. So if you're not in AppSec, I hope you learned something new and that you really enjoy this episode. These are with uh, family, friends, and today we have the honor and the pleasure to have the newly elected member of the OWA Sport, Grant Ongers. And I met Grant uh, some time ago uh, as, as a pure friend, and then we crossed paths uh, as a work colleague. And we decided to do this episode to describe what it is to get into the board. And uh, he's very close to the community and linked to a lot of events like Cornucopia and other stuff. So his view is particularly interesting. And we had Vandana Verma. And we're going to have Jim Manico and Tanya Janka. So a lot of different perspective on AppSec from Walmart men and from board member and previous board member like Jim and previous participant. So I really hope you enjoy this focus on AppSec. Thank you very much and enjoy this episode with Grant Ongers. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Do we have Grant on the line? Hi, yes, Francisco. Hi, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you for coming this freezing day, freezing English day online. Do you want to give to the to our guys a little bit of a positive message about cybersecurity before we crack on? I've seen I've seen a lot of a lot of depressing news uh, over the past week. We had Black Fridays and people trying to scam each other. We got a lot of emotional response on Twitter. I'm going to cover that in a second, but I want I want to dial back and 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 give to our listener a positive message about cybersecurity and and where we're going. Do you have a positive message for our for our guys, and then we can cover what was. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think there, there is a lot of positive things happening in, in cybersecurity. Uh, we're we're seeing a, a vast improvement in the types of people and the 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 variety of individuals that are involved in the community that are involved in in cybersec. I'm I'm very happy to see that we're we're actually making positive changes. We're we're seeing things are getting better. Things are getting built stronger. Even in the IoT space, uh, we're you know involved with the cavalry. That's that's we're seeing some some positive turns there where choices are being made around hardware that can be updated, that can be flashed. So things are getting better. I think we're we're making a difference. We're moving we're moving the dial forward. Fantastic. And let, let, let me introduce myself and then yourself, Grant. So uh, I'm your host, Francesco Cipollone. I'm heading up uh, NSC42 Cybersecurity Consultancy and also the Cloud Security Alliance. And on the line, we have Grant. Grant, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm a, a South African living in London. I've been here nearly two years now. been fortunate enough to have lived and worked on pretty much every continent at this point. Um, I've been involved my entire career with what's now known as DevSecOps. The dev space, I did lead dev for a product that's used by 90% of the world's largest telcos. 
a certified Scrum Master. I've done product owner role. I've even I've even done Q and A stuff. From a security perspective, I've had done everything from security architecture to ISO. I have an active CISSP, although there are some grumblings around that certification in our community at the moment. Um, I've even got ISO 27,000 certs, and I've been heavily involved in the community, uh, the OWASP board. I was recently elected there together with some awesome people like Vandana, who I believe was on last week's podcast. I'm a DEF CON goon. I've been involved with B-sides in Las Vegas, uh, Cape Town, and here in London. And there's, I'm involved in something called uh, OX Coffee, uh, Zero X Coffee, which is an information security meetup, you know, social meetup that happens once a month in London, and it started off in Cape Town. From an operations perspective, I run operational teams, national NOCs, international global SOCs. I'm ITIL certified, and I've given some training in that ITIL area, and I've consulted on ITIL and PRINCE2 stuff globally. So I've been involved in every component of that DevSecOps lifecycle, and I, I'm quite excited by how it should work together and how things should be done properly. Yeah, I think I think there is, there is a lot of confusion around DevSecOps, and let me introduce my wonderful co-host Zoe. Zoe, how are you doing? I'm well, I'm well. How are you? Great to have you, Grant. Good to be on the line. Thanks, Zoe. So uh, as, as I was saying to Grant, today will be a little bit shorter because we're a little bit shorter in time. So we're just going to do half an hour. Uh, we're going to cover a few questions. And actually, since Grant, you, you talk about DevSecOps, Everybody has an opinion on that, the SecOps. I mean, I think with Zoe and uh, Jim, we talked about uh, in the previous podcast, we talked about what is DevSecOps. And uh, Netflix has, a, has an interesting opinion that DevSecOps is just tooling. Uh, I have my own view that is is fundamentally a people transformation and then tooling after to, to facilitate that. What's, what's your take on DevSecOps? Well, firstly, I've, <laughs> yeah, as you say, let's let's dive straight in there. Um, well, so, so firstly, firstly, I use the term DevSecOps because everybody else does, but actually, it's just DevOps done right. Um, I love that. <laughs> so, so DevOps is a a movement that um, that sort of spawned out of the agile world, where we we take away the barrier between what we've built and how we run what we build. And it's it is I believe you're right. I believe it's a it's a, a human thing. It's a, it's about changing the mindset of how people do what they do, and we do that using a lot of tools. So tools are important to DevOps. Uh, and adding second, there is just about ensuring that security is part of the the picture that we're looking at, rather than just functional and the other non-functional requirements which we deal with um, when we come to to building applications. Security is one of them. Uh, it happens to be one that I'm most keen on, that I'm most excited about but it's only one of the non-functional requirements. So I guess my view is DevSecOps is actually just DevOps done right. And DevOps is a, is a different way of looking at the world, a different way of looking at responsibilities around applications we build and, and run. I couldn't agree more. It's like ownership is, is declaring ownership, is doing things right, is, is prioritizing risk. It's doing risk assessment across the board, not just security. And security just one, as you said, one of the elements that you take into account. I was funny enough discussing this with a few graduates and a few of my mentee last week and saying, what well, is security testing? Security testing is just QA done right. <laughs> like bug fixes are just uh, security security fixes are just bug fixes. It's like everything, yep. we, we, sh- well, we almost should stop saying, this is cybersecurity, this is just IT done right. <laughs> almost to that point. And prioritizing this thing. That is I guess, well said. Yeah, I, I guess. So what's I guess your view, Zoe? 
Yeah, mm. well done. Um, you know, efficiently, if you will, hence the ups and everything that goes into the tooling. And I, you know, I do, I do believe you know the people operations as well, because it needs to be understood what's going on and why in order for it to really properly flow. Yeah, I think the why the why is an interesting question. The why we keep on calling this cybersecurity, and I think it's is a division of responsibility. And and there is thing. Let's touch on the eternal fight on um, between uh, the the role of the CISO and the role of the chief information officer. I think the one that I like the most, the definition that I like the most. I think I was discussing this with Alan is a dysfunctional marriage where they they both feels constrained to each other and they both feels uh, blocked by each other, but also they need to achieve the same thing. Fundamentally, just IT, it's, it's, it's across the space, just trying to fill up what the business want, but one is hijacking the, the work of the other. So what's your take of Grant of, of a CISO reporting to a CIO directly to the board? What's the good and the bad, if you want? Well, so so the the role of the CISO is because security has become such a big space, but it's not just security, right? It's it, a lot of the a lot of the the actions they end up taking are are mainly compliance related things. Um, the reporting lines for CISO into the board is is one that's always going to be a matter of contention, and even the CIO several years ago, the CTO several years before that, uh, they all reported in through the CEO, right? There's no there was no direct access to the board for them. I think making CISO, who does a portion of the work the CIO is responsible for, report into the CIO. Uh, maybe the organization works that way, but I think you're right. I think it's it's a, a separation of duties that possibly isn't necessary. We keep on calling this functional marriage and we say, from my perspective, I've seen, I've seen it working. I see it's not working. It depends if fundamentally put it down to the people, uh, to the people problem. If, if they work together towards an objective, then the organization work. Whenever you see conflict of uh, people in an organization and, and different priorities where each one lives in his own world, then you have problem in the organization. That's, that's I think, Grant, was, was the originator, if you want, of the DevSec or the DevOps uh, definitions, like bringing down that wall where Dev and Ops were chucking, <laughs> were chucking responsibility down to the to the different team, and the only way he made it work in modern age to realize software was to actually put the team together and say we both collectively own the application as, as a whole, like through and through. Hundred percent right. Reporting being part of that, yeah. So no. I know Zoe and our Grant has done a little bit of mentoring. So if if I can if I can ask you guys what is what is your what what's your advice on people that want to start mentoring in cyber? I think starting early and practicing, even once you only have one area in which you're comfortable mentoring, and then working your way up, because you know in and of itself is very important to the industry and should. You know, be started early and there's a whole mentors slack channel you know on the OWASP foundation org and also um you know um, just in general and seeing how other people do it one. seeing what type of mentorship works towards you and also being able to you know customize and feel out the mentee grant yeah so i i mean mentoring is a is a is a 
a very broad topic and and the word mentoring is is very uh, heavily laden with responsibilities but but I think what we should look at it as is it's it's about sharing knowledge you've gained right um, I, I come from the the hacker space where where information wants to be free uh, you when you found something out when you figure out how something works you share that with people that you trust so mm-hmm. mentorship is about trust and it's about sharing the information that you have Um What's the rule of thumb that Tanya goes by? If, it's, if you've been doing something for three years, it's, it's time for you to start teaching someone how to do it. Right? Because you've, you've put the hours in. You, and the only way you're going to get better at what you're doing is if you now try and help someone understand what it is you do. And I found yeah. that that's very true for myself. I gain a deeper understanding of the problem space that I'm trying to teach while teaching it. It becomes, you know, you think about things in different ways and it becomes a, it becomes a much more... Um, valuable experience both for the person who's getting the mentorship who's getting the, uh, the teaching and who's and the one who's giving it as well so i think i think you should start as i said start early uh, and and mentor with what knowledge you have yeah i couldn't agree more start early start in early stage and as you say grant explaining things to somebody else trying to teach something to somebody will actually you start questioning your own your own line of thoughts and your own structure and saying, am I teaching this right? And I like to introduce the, the topic of reverse mentoring when your mentee actually teach you something or, or give you a different mm-hmm. perspective. So it's, it's, a, it's a two-way handshake. So it's not just you dumping information. And this is something particularly on my mentorship that I always struggle. I always, I come from a, from a teaching background. So I, I was starting teaching uh, network security and uh, infrastructure security. And I always thought, you know, mentoring is about just dumping a whole lot of information onto somebody. And then I started realizing, hold on, that's not mentoring. They're just, they're just dumping information on somebody. It's like having people coming up with their own thoughts and guiding them and holding back some of the information to to see where they develop and how they develop because everybody has a different perspective. I, I would agree with that. In so, a way, it doesn't sound like certain, you know, too different from certain aspects we just discussed in DevSecOps in a kind of abstract true. way. Yep. Good, very good point. Very good point is, is helping people develop and come up with their own idea, sharing a principle and an objective, but then everybody needs to find their way because if it is their way, they're going to own it. If you give it them, to them, it's like, it's going to be just another tool that they're going to forget about it, but it doesn't, they don't champion it. This this, this is probably the best way to put it. So Zoe, question for you. In in your opinion, what is, what is the best suggestion you can give to a mentor? Always make sure you're also constantly being mentored um, and make sure that you have other mentors with other areas expertise and perspectives to also mentor your mentees um you know and also just for a difference you know just for the sake of variety even if you're you know you and another mentor are both pretty strong in a given area i just think you know diversity um diversifying and you know getting certain perspectives i know has been helpful as a mentee and as a mentor Grant, what's your one advice? If you could give one advice to a mentor, what would that be? I think it's a, it's a, Zoe encapsulated it very well there, but my, my piece of advice would be always keep learning. So yes, and w- if you're doing that through, through uh, being mentored yourself, that's a phenomenal way to learn, but you should always keep growing as well. So yeah, I think, I think ensuring that you are always learning is important. 
in order to be able to teach. Yeah, sure. Indeed, the growth mindset. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. So let's jump on the hot topic. Let's jump on OWASP. You joined the board of recent. What's your feeling, emotion, gut feeling of of joining OWASP board from uh, the local chapter, the the London chapter? I guess first and foremost, it was a it was a huge surprise. Um, I uh, I threw my hat in the ring in the hopes of uh, of uh, being able to push the conversation forward a little bit. Um, and I think that the uh, the OWASP members responded with, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Now you should go and do some of that stuff. Um, so 2020 is going to be about implementing what, uh, what the board uh, this year has, has planned and put together. Um, and it will be about planning the next two years worth of work as well. So 2020 will be about learning what, how the board works, learning about how, uh, what, what projects and what uh, processes have been planned for the year, ensuring that we implement those properly. Um, I think the big things are going to be uh, the the global uh, app tech conferences, one being in Dublin and the other one being in the United States. So it's uh, those two are going to be important aspects that we're going to uh, be looking at. And then building out a plan for what happens the year after and the year after that. And a lot of that is going to be, for me, it's going to be about trying to find out how we can get the vast array of projects that OWASP is involved with, how we can start making those projects stand out on their own. I mean, everybody knows about the OS Top 10, but there are hundreds of projects, um, as you're well aware, Cisco, that, that are just uh, that are there and that have tons of great information. And just finding a way to, to tie that into other pieces that people do know about and making them more visible. And I, and I want and I want to discuss them because I, I think there is I start putting out the message on on Twitter and, and LinkedIn, and a lot of people don't come across ZAP or that everybody knows that the top ten, but ASBS ZAP and the other the other if you want flagship flagship project they they're not really aware of. And I think we should do a little bit more advertising of those things because they first of all are amazing. Uh, they are free, so <laughs> why not using them? And in 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 the full view of DevSecOps, they they kicks you start on on analyzing something. So maybe if you don't have a tool for I don't know dependency check, you can use almost dependency checker. Or or if you don't have a scanning tool, you have AS, uh, ASVS. So there is a lot of tool out there that helps you making the first baby step in an upsec program and is and is what we're doing uh, with a lot of my clients is like start there there is a lot of tools that you can use to even kickstart the conversation then if you want to go commercial go commercial but all give back to to all to all us develop your own stuff and then give it back to all us like owning owning a project or contributing back to the project and is is one big push that i'm doing to my client if you use anything open source and you develop a new module why don't you give it back? Or if you fix a library, why don't you give it back to the community? Why should it be just your individual library? Just own a library, adopt a library. Shall we make it up <laughs> as a new trend for the industry? Adopt like a the library planet. for 2020. <laughs> yep. A library adoption program. <laughs> yes. Adopt, adopt a library. <laughs> I'll do a hashtag. Hashtag adopt a library. <laughs> Let's see if we can get it trending. This episode is brought to you by the generosity of AppSec Phoenix Limited. AppSec helps startups and enterprises solve complex software security problems by using smart data aggregation and complex machine learning software. Discover how AppSec Phoenix helps CISO and developers remove friction and maximize the use of DevSecOps professionals at www.appsecphoenix.com. 
AppSec Phoenix is the new and smart dev-first way to manage your software vulnerability. Follow the tag, hashtag AppSecSmart. Yeah, Francesco, yeah. Your, your comment on 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 uh, giving back to those projects. Yes, look, if if you don't have uh, if you don't have any tools available, go look what OWASP has because there's a bunch of tools there that are very valuable as are as they are. But I think more valuable is what's behind those tools. There are a bunch of really smart people working on problems that you probably have the same problem or have some component of that problem that you're working on. Contribute to the project. Talk to them. Uh, figure out what uh, what possibilities you can you can have with giving back to the project in some way. And if there's something that you'd like to see that you don't have the ability to build yourself, these people are, I mean, they love their projects, they're working on them. Giving them the ideas is still contributing because they're, a lot of them will be happy to take on the ideas and start working on them. So one, one thing that I had to comment on is, 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 a, is a challenge to myself is communication. It's like communicating to people is, is really hard and, and giving visibility on those projects and, and know who is leading them and what is the community. It's, it's hard. And sometime in, in the OS conference, I think we should give much more space to decide that these are all the projects that are going on or even doing webinar and stuff. And I haven't come across a lot of them into the various uh, flagship conference, if you want, Upsecali or the various chapter. We tend to host a lot of talks and is a critique also to the cloud security alliance that I represent. And we and, and, and with my chapter, for example, we're going back and questioning what is the role of the CSA chapter? What is the role of what we're doing? And is is giving information back, is giving training back. So we, we for example, we're gonna refocus 2020 on giving like basic uh, application security training and basic uh, cloud security training for everybody. So that to make aware, everybody aware of, for example, what CSA has that could help people getting the baby step into the clouds, you know, uh, the cloud uh, compliance matrix, the book of knowledge, the division of responsibility and stuff like that, because people don't know that those resources are available. So my, if you want small improvement that we can do to uh, OS conference is like giving the talk about these are the tools available. And Jim does a great job about talking the top 10 and showing what tools are available out there. And I think we should do more of that. I agree. And making the information, making the knowledge easy to find is important. And one of the, the first big steps towards that is the redesign of the OWASP uh, website, which is going to become very much a, a contributor-driven environment, right? So it's all going to be marked down and it's going to be uh, hopefully somewhat better searchable and somewhat better, easier to find the information we're looking for. Yes, we, we need to be better about communicating what is out there, what's available, and how to get hold of the people who are responsible for those things that are available. Because you might find something yeah. and then not know that there's a newer version or that they're currently working on something that's going to tie these two projects together. But I think getting involved, starting with, with becoming a member, uh, if you're, you don't have membership yet with OWASP, you should go out there and get it, and then get onto the, the OWASP Slack channels, um, and then... Yeah, you know, that's probably the best way to find people who are working on projects right now. Yeah, and I didn't know that there was only a Slack channel, and I'm a member. Well, there we go. <laughs> so we're going to get better communicating that too. <laughs> <laughs> but communication, I use I use a lot of communication that are non-techy people because I think communicate we bad we bad at communication, and it's not our core skill set, and we have to recognize that communication works in different way. And especially now with the business coming into this space and everybody trying to be a little bit more engineering focused, 
we need to realize that when comms are different than just putting out a GitHub account and saying, well, the information are in there, just go and find it. It's, it's making them easily digestible for yep. non-specifically techie people. And the other top 10 is not technical stuff. It just, it could be a risk assessor that could take that. For example, if we take all the, I was discussing actually this in uh, AXA and in uh, a few of other um, insurance companies like those people are coming into this space giving out cybersecurity insurance knowing absolutely nothing about cyber and not knowing even a framework on how to risk assess or to evaluate the posture on the organization and now that they're handing over effectively pay off for uh, the cybersecurity premium uh, cybersecurity insurance premium right now they're panicking because they say what the what the heck did we insure <laughs> how did we evaluate the posture of this company and then going out and trying to recruit engineers in mass just to assess company and that's nothing different from a risk assessment right mm -hmm. so i think we should we should get better communication for non-tech people and and i'll take that on board for my chapter and i think always board should take that on board because it's important that we make this information available for everybody. It's it's not just a, a, an engineering problem communicating about technical things. It, it is very much across all of cybersecurity. We're very poor at making, at, at making our communications tailored for the target audience. So when you talk to the board, you should be speaking about things that they understand. When you speak to engineering, you should be speaking in terms that they understand. It's a, communication is, is critical and you need to make sure that you communicate for the audience that's listening. Yeah, understand your target audience. Yeah. Zoe, do you have a do you have a take on comms, on communication, cybersecurity communication? Um, not other than that, again, being able to really speak to and, you know, explain to, you know, all the different groups you mentioned. That, um, yeah, including the risk assessors. So, Grant, if I can ask you, what are the key mission items and the one that you're most passionate about for all of us? For us both and for us in general. Why did you join OWASP? If you want. Um, so, so I joined OWASP because, uh, firstly, I think AppSec is is the future. Almost everything is becoming applications. No matter what area that we're looking at, everything is 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 application driven now. It's also an area that we've done notoriously done very poorly in. Uh, we we got quite good at defending networks. We got quite good at understanding how to, to segregate and isolate and uh, monitor and deal with all the things we need to worry about on network areas. But we're very poor at doing that in the, in the application world. Um, I was involved in, in, in building software and there were a, a large amount, was a large amount of pressure on that building to make sure that the software we built was scalable because we're building it for telco. So talk about the uh, the internet scale of things that's that's sort of the size that we're building for so scalability became a, a key requirement of the of the development process security was always still an afterthought right even in that space where there are some pretty heavy uh, responsibilities security was a uh, oh yes we also have to do that security thing and that bugged me it uh, it, uh, it it concerns me to this day that we we worry about security as a bolt-on afterwards or yeah. we think i will hide it behind a firewall it's now safe especially as we're moving towards a world where firewalls are no longer protecting the things that we're holding most dear. We're moving to a world where everything's online and always available. So I got involved with OWASP because OWASP's mission is to improve the state of application security. And yes, it's originally web applications. Um, the W in OWASP stands for web app, but uh, it's broader than just web, web app. applications. 
yeah, and everything is a web app now. Everything is a, everything's got an API. Everything's online. So yeah, yeah. that's true. IoT, everything, and in industrial IoT, every, everything is really connected. <laughs> yep. And we, and I think that also adds to you know the the need for communication and the context of security communications, of course. Being yeah, no, able to speak I, to non-technical people at a whole new levels. I, I agree, and and if you want, it's it's funny enough because IoT, uh, they are fundamentally industrial industrial people that come into this space with with almost zero knowledge about IT. And now they're, they're building it, IT capability. And for us, I mean, if you take back DevOps, it came back from almost the plant management. And the, I think it was Toyota, was Toyota that originated Agile and then it moved into DevOps. And it's like plant manager that teach IT how to structure the workflow and how to manage the workflow and how to, to deal with ownership. And I loved, and I love the comparison that, a lot of people are doing uh, in the in the Phoenix project between the plant management and IT. And wh- whoever hasn't read the Phoenix project is, is eye-opening. And I love the comparison between uh, how material works through a plant and how a project flows through IT. It's like it's 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 cunningly it's it's almost equal, and it's it's so funny. I lost the track where I was going with that, though. <laughs> I went completely off track. Uh, so, so I think I think we were going, Francisco. Was it's it's interesting how we've taken on the lessons from yeah, industry, true. yeah, and and but how in we can make the industry country. in the world of IoT have so much to learn about how IT is supposed to run. So you were breaking a little bit. So how we can how we can fundamentally go back together and and help those people that are focused on, on IT uh, learn about plant management or about hardware and, and the other way around. So like we, we're going further and further away from hardware and they're going further and further away from cyber so or IT, if you want. So how we can meet in the middle, how we can help. And I think regulation is, is going to be, is going to play a role in that with the new European regulation on IT. What's your take, Grant? Well, there's another organization that I'm, I'm heavily involved with uh, called the, uh, I am the cavalry, um, and their their role is very much focused on IoT, uh, on embedded systems, um, and a lot of the problems we've seen in that space have been uh, we deploy something IT like in hardware, and we do it in such a way that it's as cheap as possible. So we've probably taken an open source operating system and we've uh, flashed it onto a, a ROM that can only be used once. And now this thing runs. Um, we try to update, uh, or we, we, we potentially need to update that system over the uh, you know, course of the next couple of months or years, and we never can. And it's going to run for the next 30 years. Or you know, it's an embedded device, and it gets put inside someone. But security hasn't been taken into account when that's happened. So how do we, uh, how do we deal with those situations? So, so there's a lot of lessons we can learn in the IoT space from full application development stacks, just as there was lessons that we could take from, you know, from the, the theory of constraints, from the, uh, the concept of, of ensuring that you always work on the most constrained part of your pipeline, mm, yeah. which became DevOps. And removing the constraint, that is one part that it was eye-opening for me, just focusing on removing constraint. That, 
save uh, most of the time is a constraint, is a choking point <laughs> in a pipeline, especially yep. if it's left on the testing. And uh, th there are some organizations that you and I have uh, very good experience with that where cyber is yes. pretty much a, a limiting factor. <laughs> Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna disclose client and the pain that we've gone through uh, <laughs> in in past past life and recent life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we all know the pain. I think everybody is experiencing, especially with the focus on application security. Everybody's fundamentally experiencing the pain on on moving from just security testing between development, actually testing and production into distributing security in the whole life cycle. That's what uh, fundamentally Security Phoenix is, distribution of security in the whole life cycle. This is my new series of talk. And potentially, I just was discussing with this with Richard, a training in ISILA on how to do security across the life cycle so that we can involve auditors and risk assessor and security architects or architects. The thing is, are uh, the missing bits in Dev, in DevSecOps or DevOps done right? I like the fact that you're using that expression now. Which one? DevOps done right. I love, I love DevOps done right because it takes, it takes the focus out of security. Security shouldn't be a bolt on, on DevOps. It shouldn't be DevOps and Sec. I actually do use DevOps, Sec, Risk, Biz or dev biz recycles, whatever you wanna you wanna call it. But effectively just IT for business done right. And yeah. prioritizing work, uh, scheduling work or scheduling for American friends. <laughs> um, so let me let me ask you one last question. I know what I promise I, I'm gonna stop. So what's your what's your view for the new mission of OWASP? Do you as one thing that we discussed last week with Jim and saying, do we keep always wild, a wild beast, wild animal, and every project they want to spam up, span up, it will span up? Or do you see always getting more structure, more, more, uh, not corporate, but you know, more structure on, on a number of projects, selecting few projects and making communication around those projects more structured? It's a challenging oh, think, question. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, I, I'll give you my answer today, and then uh, in a year's time, when I've spent a year on the board, uh, it'll be a completely different answer, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> yes. But but I but I do think I do think that structures uh, either structure needs to be uh, imposed on OWASP as a as a uh, foundation, or uh, structure needs to be uh, sought. It needs to be somehow found. Um, the very lack of structure that we have today means that a lot of projects go unseen. A lot of projects go unfunded when they probably should get in, be getting more uh, attention, more funding. So I think it's important that we understand what what the projects are, what what the OS members are working on, what they're trying to build, and that we have some way of elevating the components that need to be elevated in that. So I think probably the easiest way to do that is to impose structure on it. But because mm -hmm. the very nature of OWASP is this, well, it's an open source project, right? It's this, it's this massive governing open source project, yes. It is a completely wild animal, and it 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 doesn't have uh, the the easily tamed characteristics we might be looking for. Uh, but it, yeah. that is also what makes it valuable, right? It does grow in ways that we don't expect. I mean, when uh, when when they first put together the OWASP Foundation, essentially it came out of uh, some way to to guard the OWASP top ten, and the projects have grown from there. I mean, you mentioned five or six projects that are incredibly valuable projects that have absolutely nothing in common with the OWASP top 10 anymore. They're 
incredibly valuable things that came out of this, this wild nature of OWASP. But I do think it's important that we find some way to catalog what OWASP actually is and some way to easily seek out the components that need to be elevated given whatever is happening in the market in, in the segment that we're working in. Um, I think that ASVS, for example, has gone relatively unnoticed for far too long, despite it yeah. being a, a pretty major project for OWASP. And it's incredibly well thought through and very well structured. But I think that that's, that probably should be in more um, dev houses, that if you're building software, people should be trying to be ASVS certified. Right, that should be mm. that should be a, a goal for everybody who's writing software. Whereas How about Sam? most developers have no idea. Exactly, Sam, the beta is, uh, version two that, of Sam. Yeah, we set a massive uh, mega trade. I don't know. Probably we were on 50, 50 discussion about how do we evaluate application security. Yeah. Like it's been major topics. Like we had two or three major players, this Sam and Bsim. It's like that's a good way to evaluate and how do we report on application security. But up until this point, I didn't know even some existed up until search, you know what, I need a way to evaluate my SDLC pipeline and, and how do I attack this from a client? And I know, I know you're working on, on some for your client and it's like, why can't we achieve as an industry with, for a consensus on how do we evaluate what's application security? We're also doing something. I mean, uh, we, we had this discussion offline already, but um, you know, you're know, you working on something and I'm working on something. We're both putting in a huge amount of effort to build something. I've had conversations at OX Coffee with other uh, consultants who are doing similar things. And all of us actually should just be contributing to a single project, right? There's no reason that we have to reinvent the wheel 15 times. So if we were all working on SAM, that would make you know that project so much stronger and it would be a much better use of each of our times. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening. It was a pleasure to have Grant Ongers on the call today. I hope you enjoyed this episode with all the insight that we had on worldwide, how OWASP is run and how projects are run and the perspective from Cape Town and then from uh, Grant coming into the UK and running for the global OWASP board. So I hope you really enjoy and I'll see you on the next one. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and post it on social media tagging Cybersecurity Cloud Podcast for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Discover other episodes at www.cybersecuritypodcast.com. 